for the Dad Bod Rap Pop with your hosts, Timon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California This is the dad bod rap pod I am one half of your hosts, Nate LeBlanc uh, And I am here, as always, with my brother uh david ma how are you my friend yo man really good to see you uh missing damone right now aka damn one um but you know uh we're recording this on the uh, day after halloween so we'd be remiss not to uh shout out mf doom you know uh did you guys see did you guys see the um the cake that his family posted on twitter yes Um, so heartwarming um it's just amazing to see every year. I mean, it's sort of sad to be reminded, but also really cool to see that the legacy lives on. Totally. And that, you know, I've said this on the show before, and I said it quite a bit online yesterday. Um, I think it's weird to celebrate people's death days. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the family's choice to make Halloween doomsday. And I get it. He's a masked totally. villain. And it's the Halloween is the the holiday of that. And I did buy a hat and a pin and like, oh, nice. um, I think the rugby polo shirts are weird, but I really like the hats they did. So um, <laughs> I want to put money in the family's pocket. I want to support what they're trying to do, but I just think like, it's so weird to focus on his death rather than yeah. his life. I mean, any excuse to sort of start up the MF doom dialogue to keep, like I said, to keep the legacy going, I, I'm all for it, but I do know what you mean. It's a little bit, it's a little bit macabre for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have Halloween shenanigans? I know you're a grown man, but did you party a little? Uh, I don't even know what those two words together mean. I don't have <laughs> Halloween shenanigans. Um, we actually party, but not not in costumes. Not um, in costume. Okay. Yeah, we. You and I were talking off camera a little bit about um, hanging out on Sunday afternoon for this local um, live music series, but myself and the needle to the group guys were severely hungover. So, <laughs> we, we hung out on a Saturday night. What about you? Nice. Uh, yeah, my wife passes out candy. Uh, nice. She she bought it way too early, so there wasn't as much as the kids might have wanted. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it, I, I just I it's not a hol- it's not a holiday I've ever really acknowledged or understood. Even when I was a little kid, I hated getting dressed up. It's just <laughs> not for me. So um, you know, it's a uh, very interesting to see. Like it's just it's not really for kids anymore, I guess is what right, I'm right. like, trying to get to. Like, it's just for everyone to totally. explore their freaky side, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm not judging it. It's just, I just don't participate in any way. Yeah, holidays seem to end up being excuses to do things. And Halloween, I think, gives people an excuse to dress slutty, to eat extra candy, to, you know, to spend time with family. To So it, I, I see the wide range of its appeal. But totally. personally, I'm not putting on a wig to hang out anyway. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yes yes i do um uh, though there were times when we were a little younger and hopefully no photos to prove it that when we did so it's all good um uh, so let's uh talk a little bit about this new west side gun record 10 no other yes. associations just 10 um <laughs> uh, and i guess you know on that 
note, I'm obviously leaning into uh, a non-joke here. I think Westside Gun is finally famous enough that he doesn't want to be public, or he's been advised seemingly to not be publicly associated with Hitler, and that's probably a good thing for all of us. I think I think the lack of connection with um, the Nazi movement is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> given, uh, given current events, instead of just all the past events that made that right. kind of weird. But, you know, uh, but, just on that point real quick, I mean, I know that the whole Hitler wears Hermes is, is sort of um, um, a shout out to Devil Wears Prada. So he's obviously not a Hitler fanatic, but still, I mean, you know, yeah. why, why, why keep that sort of iconography alive? I know. And I, I you know, was able to compartmentalize because I think some right. of the mixtape in these series are amazing. Like, I think totally. particular eight is like one of the better records of that time. Like I was in my top 10 lists and all that stuff. That's a great, that's a great rap record. Um, I just prefer not to see that uh, name when I open up my music app, you know what I mean? But, um, mm -hmm. but let's, let's talk about 10. Um, do you, just off top, like, how are you feeling about it? Having listened a couple times? Off top, I actually really liked it. I kind of went into it with a little bit of a disgruntled, um, attitude because I've been getting you know a little bit of um, Griselda fatigue I mean I think um, I think Conway released like 50 EPs in the last three years so yeah. you know what I mean it's it's been yeah. a bit much and when I first threw it on I think one of the first songs like Gun is rapping over a trap beat and I was I was just like oh Oh, man, this is going to be a rough listen. Um, and actually, um, coincidentally, I think Conway can actually rip the trap beat more. But right. anyways, um, to get back to my point, um, that's sort of the only song on the album that sounds like that. And the rest of it, I mean, just leans into really good guest features and the sort of darker sound that um, I think he sounds best on. And Absolutely. I think I think it's, um, you know, you and I have talked about this. I mean, he um, sometimes is better in spurts. But um, having said that, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, having said that, I mean, I feel like he realizes it. That's why the guest the guest spots on this is so deep. Yeah, and um, it's it's apparent that he is the creative nucleus, and you know, this is another example of that. Um, yeah. What What are your thoughts? I'm super into it in a way that I didn't think I'd be able to be Same. into it again. Like I was like, oh shoot, like this is really good. Like totally. I always think the last one will be the one where I'm over it. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh, this, I keep coming back. Like this is really good rap music. The curation is impeccable. The stove God mm -hmm. is all over this thing. And right, it sounds right. so great over this kind of production. And right. um, it's just kind of like murderer's row um, of just collaborators. It's also a trip and the, I'm not going to like focus on this, but I have to say it, his daughter sounds so much older now. Totally. Like that's West Side Pootie went from like a baby to like a like seemingly like you know I think she says she's in fourth grade in the thing and she's been talking on these records for so long it's weird that's insane. Um, that's to hear insane. that and she's so funny like I, I hope she becomes a rapper I don't know if that's maybe they have bigger <laughs> ambitions for her in the family but um, she's such a welcome presence on these records and it kind of humanizes the cartoonish aspects of West Side Gun's whole deal the wrestling the fashion. Right. Right, the, right aforementioned uh you know dictators uh it's just it's just like <laughs> it just you, you realize like these are guys from a downtrodden area living out their dream and bringing their family along for the ride both in the sense of like the rappers themselves being family members and that's what something that's always been i think key to the griselda mythology that doesn't really get talked about a ton and then um west side pooties always very welcome um 
contributions to the album. But Dave, we have to focus on the important issues here. What are your thoughts on this Black Star track? I fucking I like it. Do you not like it? I do not like it. Oh my goodness! So I was we're say. talking about uh, track number five on ten yes. by Westside Gun. It's called Peppas, and it's featuring oh, Black Star. And it's just on Spotify. It's just built to Black Star, two words capitalized without mention that that is Yasin Bey and Talib Kweli, mm-hmm. two of the most probably famous indie <laughs> rappers who ever lived, um, and kind of somewhat you know, controversial figures in their own way at this time. So but let's get into it, man. Thoughts. I, I was going to say, I like it. Um, I really like most deaf on it. I think um, it's another example of most Def's stellar guest appearances. I mean, um, I remember he just emerged out of nowhere on that Navy blue cut a couple years ago. And then yeah. his recent verse on the JID album, I fucking love. And yeah. um, I, I like how he kickstarts this one off as well. Um, just in general, Talib always just rubs me the wrong way now as a, as a human. So when I hear yeah. him, my ears perk the opposite direction. But um, I like it. I like the beat as well. Um, you're not feeling it? I, I just, no, I'm not, to be honest <laughs> with you. And part of it is like, do we, can I get, and, and you mentioned a couple things where you do get uh, Yasin Bey as a, as a solo artist featuring on right. other things. And I really like that J.I.D guest verse as well and we talked a little bit about how jid in the sequencing of that album kind of nods to mm-hmm, the lineage mm-hmm. of most f's career by sampling the same song right. with another guest appearance and then brings them in it's like a it, that's like a movie star entrance of like befitting totally. this legendary mc someone who like defined what an underground rapper is for us older heads and like there was a time where you could have told me that most f was going to take over the world and be like a jay-z like figure and i would have believed you i i believed in him that strongly and so it's it's like do you always have to bring your annoying friend? <laughs> you know, it's like it's hard it's hard to like stomach as a track for me. And we talked about this in I think we our response to uh, and especially mine and Demone's response to the Black Star album was a little bit more tepid than yours, and we had to like right. rely on uh, rips to hear it even because it's paywalled on a podcast network like another podcast network if it was paywalled on this one i'd be oh fine i'd be fine with it um shout out stony island but um yeah man i don't know um there's there's something about this that feels a little uh inorganic okay a little forced a little forced maybe okay 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 well you know i I liked how you mentioned Stove God earlier because he's all over this. And I think uh, he gets the six man award for, yes, for this album. Yes. I mean, he's great. And I think at this point, I mean, we've discussed this a little bit, but I think he's a little underrated. Like, or maybe perhaps I overrate him because I really like that album he did with uh, that Rock Marcy produced. and yeah. Reasonable um, Drought. Reasonable Drought. Yeah. And um, the recent one with a Real Bad Man. I mean, he's, um, I think he's great, man. I think he's funny. I think he has presence and it's really Cool to see him peppered all over this album but um i think what really pushes this album or really elevates is elevates it are the guest spots dude yeah um again i think it gives um gun a chance to sort of take a step back even though it's his album and it's not him doing three verses i mean i don't know if three verses of a gun i mean three gun verses um is uh, is a lot to take so it's, like, um, it's just like america too many guns. <laughs> we need some gun control. You know what I mean? I love uh, Raekwon on this as well. I think he's, I think he's hitting a little, um, uh, finding his stride and uh, hitting the overdrive button. I mean, he's great on 
uh, Cheat Codes. Um, he has a guest verse on that Danger Mouse Black Dot album, and I really like his guest verse on this as well. Yeah, um, uh, that science to me, class. I yeah, believe. science class. I'm yeah. so glad you swayed us over there it's that for me that's the highlight of the album mm. um not only was i super surprised to be so into a swiss beats beat or a swiss beat if you will <laughs> um in 2022 he's never been my favorite producer i just love it just sounds super organic it sounds super mm-hmm. like kind of like golden era and i the i think busta steals the show on this oh, and i, yes, I love the little moment where he's it's probably something he just did in the studio and they decided to include because it's so charming he starts singing along with the sample mm-hmm, and then he mm-hmm. goes into this crazy verse and i'm just totally. like man i am loving this so much and then it's just like again like murderer's row it's that's busta doing insane busta things raekwon with a great verse right Ghostface, right. and then at the end uh, West Side Gun and Stove God bouncing back and forth like in so little good. four bar so good. things and I'm like oh my god I love this like I could so not good. like a song more than this like I hope they yeah. release it as a single or do a video or do something so like we can have it like it's not just tucked in the middle of this kind of longish album because I think this is like a great song and it's so cool to formally you know what I mean? Like, if mm-hmm. you just look at the structure of it, it's like, mm-hmm. there are no rules. There's no rule saying that after all these legends do their 16 to 24s, you can't just do little four bar back and forths. Like, it's so, right, it's just right. so cool to, it's playful. You know what I mean? Definitely playful. Um, you had mentioned in our thread that, yo, the Buster Rhymes feature is dope. And I went into it with high hopes and it certainly lived up to it. I mean, who would have thought that Ghostface would have had the the worst verse on this? You know I know, I, mean? I know. It's crazy. I know. Crazy. And, uh, um, Ghostface verse reminded me of some other things where it's like, I don't know why, and I'm, you know, an older dude myself, I'm about to be 42 in a couple of days here, uh, the, your sex raps sound much worse the older you get. <laughs> like, like, go get it. Like, I'm happy for totally. you as a person, but like the kind of graphic detail that makes a sex rap a sex rap and we've all heard many sex raps over the years like you know cool g rap talk like sex like there's just a million examples of this in the genre it like once you were in your 50s i kind of don't want to hear it anymore you know what i mean and anyone can rap about anything they want but it it lands a little oddly yeah well you become older and grosser but you're still rapping about young chicks you know i mean that's that that is not inescapable so um but love that song. And you're right, man. I would love to see a video for that because it certainly um, um, deserves one. And that, you know, it's an all-star cast. Yeah. Um, the other track I want to briefly touch on is Switches on Everything. Um, you don't like that one either? No, I was like, you, Dave, you magnificent bastard. That's exactly <laughs> okay. where I was going. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, yo, shout out to LP, man. I mean, I always, when I talk talk about him, I refer to him as a producer, but yo, man, he is such a good rapper and such yes. a good writer. Yes. Um, just sort of reminds me of how good he was on Cancer for Cure and his run of solo albums where he's like this paranoid, claustrophobic character from a sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? That he at once can talk about futurism or talk about New York during Armageddon and it all sort of fits. And um, I just love the way he kickstarts that uh, track and I believe that one's drumless too but they bring so many different rhythms when Killer Mike comes in and just starts going almost double time it feels like a very um, almost interactive track and I, I was a big fan of that one um, what are your thoughts on that one 
Elk kills it, man. And it like yeah. he also killed his uh guest verse on Billy Wood's Aethiopes album earlier this year, yes, Heavy Water yes, yes. with Breeze Bruin. So like it's it's just it's very, very interesting. Like I forget where I think I was having this conversation with um on on our Patreon with some of the you know really well informed and they obviously have great taste if they like our podcast and you know participate <laughs> in our musical conversations so shout out to the patreon homies but uh we were talking about how like it's the exact same thing you said like i think of l as a producer and then i hear him rap and i'm like well, if he had never produced a single beat he could have a full-on career as mm-hmm. a rapper and he's he's just murdering these guest verses this year and he's so um he's become the elder statesman and he like right. he's coming down and blessing different people in like i don't want to call them subgenres or different lanes right. right like run the jewels is doing stadiums with rage against the machine and selling out all of europe and doing coachella that's a different mm-hmm. lane now like that's like right. people like you know i don't know what you call exactly what they do because it's actually really like basic elemental hip-hop music but it's just insanely popular um but when he comes down to do these guest verses with these slightly different things i think he's both relishing the freedom to rap over different sounds again and he's just like kind of i think reminding people like he's a bad motherfucker dude like he's like such a good rapper and so that it's a real highlight of the album and mike is good on it too and it's a really good song and um it's just i mean we we did not catch griselda at the very beginning i think we knew west side gun did um the mf doom thing that he did right, was it west right. side doom yes, yes yeah and we were like that's curious and then we moved totally. on with our lives and then a couple of years later it's griselda 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 and i think I, I forget which episode of ours is we felt the need to do kind of like a griselda primer um right. and we invited on the writer riley wallace who'd really followed the um the phenomenon since the beginning and we kind of all got up to speed it was around the time of tana talk three we were like whoa this is really good like kind of classicist hip-hop music that sounds like the 90s i'm doing air quotes you guys can't see because it doesn't really but it gives you a feeling of a of a different age and so to see them go from that and to do the shady thing and to get an album released and then get out of that contract and build your own company and now Mm -hmm. you're attracting like the interest and the you know it's basically the cosine of these underground legends these people who had escape trajectory and made it out of the underground which i do see happening with at least benny and and gun i don't know what's up with conway's thing right now but he you know that's possible for him too and maybe it already has happened but Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's just so cool to see that like asap rocky's on this and we're not even going to talk about it you know what i mean like he's just not our dude but LP is our dude and you know that's that, that's kind of what we're interested in but it's like they've reached a different level of cultural immersion right. and there's something really beautiful about that and I keep using this term and I'm going to use it kind of wrongly here but it's like wish fulfillment like part of following hip-hop and following people's careers is you like you watch their dreams come true absolutely you know yeah, like we, we talked about it a little time. bit yeah, yeah with with Mike and working with Diamond D mm-hmm. and like um mm-hmm esoteric getting to go to new york comic con and be on panels it's like for west side gun i would imagine that like rhyming with all these heroes is like really fucking dope even though that's you know he's not like vulnerable on tracks where he's like oh my god this is amazing you know like this is not his deal but it's 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 beautiful 
yeah, it's it's like Nas rapping with G rap on Fast Life. You know, it's that sort of cosign from an elder statesman. You know, and LP here, Elder P here is the uh, statesman, and um, it's again. I mean, I can't speak to his praises enough. Like you said, I mean, if he wasn't a producer, um, if he never made a beat, he'd still be considered a great rapper. And I guess if he never rapped, um, it'd still be a beautiful use of negative space. So hey! I am. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, this was a very pleasant listen. And um, I think it's another victory in the latest chapter for Griselda. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, very much so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun record. And before we move on, and I know we have to move on, um, I want to point out a thing that is happening and it, I, it two times doesn't make a trend, but I've certainly got my eye on this on Luca's album, um, raw extractions, which we covered a couple weeks ago and everyone listening to this, turn us off and go listen to Luca. He's the future. He's the present huge fan. Um, he has a nine minute posse cut with all the people who he's involved with in South Memphis and West side gun takes 10 minutes at the end of this record on the song Red Death to bring you a lineup of Benny the Butcher, Stove God Cooks, Rome Streets, who's having a killer year, mm -hmm. Armani Caesar, Jay Worthy, Conway the Machine, and someone I'm not familiar with, Robbie Takak, Takak, Takach, T-A-K-A-C, I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, I think that's that's basically without Boldy, and I don't know where he stands in this, that's Griselda as currently comprised, right. and totally. um, that's that's a lot of people. That's a lot of rapping. Um, does this work for you or is 10 minutes too long? 10 minutes is too long, but you know what you're going into. And yeah. in this era of every song being, you know, a minute and a half, it's, it's always, it always piques my curiosity. It's like, what? Okay. This better be good. And yes. I like, I like the impetus for putting your crew on all the time, you know? And also to that point, did uh, Derringer produce that beat too? Oh, that is a good question. Let me check. That. I mean, that would just bring it full circle. You know, uh, I mean? Alchemist on this one. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. there you go. I mean, one of the earlier songs was uh, produced by Alchemist called 94 Ghost Shit. So, I mean, it's literally, it's literally, literally right on the nose. So, yeah, now they got the um, 2000, I, I liked it. 2022 Ghost Shit. Totally, uh, totally. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very, I like it. If you're going to do it, do it as the album closer and give me a chance to exit before <laughs> before we get there, you know? Exactly, I mean? exactly. Um, but yeah, um, we haven't talked about it, but Armani Caesar, um, you know, dropped a record earlier, I think like two weeks ago, one week ago, very recently mm -hmm. as well on one of those slower release days. All the main Griselda guys are on this track. It's just they're, they're what they're doing is really special. This album's really fun. It's really good. I think um, much like people who want to get into our show, I just say pick a pick an episode or a song in this case with someone you already like and just jump in, yeah. and uh, that's the best way to do it. But um, he bring Westside Gun brings his mixtape series to a close in pretty epic fashion, and uh, I think we we give it four thumbs up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right on. Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got um, an interview lined up. This guy was awesome. Um, someone we, I think, you know, we felt a kinship with immediately musically and then culturally once we um, kind of heard his story. This is Max from Child Actor. And we'll talk a little bit about his work and some context around this on the other side. But please enjoy this interview with Child Actor.
Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have pregnant pause, child actor, one half of child actor. Um <laughs> uh, uh let's start there um saw your name on a lot of production credits for um all the records that we love these days uh and then started doing the research and i i ran into this group child actor so could you kind of break that down for us uh what is the group as compared to yourself as a beat maker is there any difference elaborate yeah i it it uh it made sense in my head it wasn't like uh <laughs> i thought that hard about it um but yeah, my name is Max. Uh, I guess I could say I'm Max from Child Actor. Some people call me Child Actor, but yeah, Child Actor is more than me. Um, it started as a duo between my cousin Seji and me, um, kind of like 2010, I think. Um, but she, we, we released an album, some EPs, and like we booked a tour. And then she kind of was like, you know what? I like doing music, but I don't really... You know, it seems like it's getting serious. It's not really, you know, the, I, I don't want to do this like a career or something. Um, so um, then Natalie Plaza, who is currently the, the other half of the child actor and probably always will be, <laughs> uh, had already done some background vocals and been in videos and stuff. So she stepped up and took over, even though she sings completely differently. And then we had to kind of reinvent the sound for that. Um, and then we did a, a couple albums in that configuration. And then, uh, and over the years, and I, you know, I like, I like doing a lot of different things and we kind of have a different sound for each project. It just kind of made sense that since we've been around, uh, just might, might as well call whatever we do child actor, uh, whether it's me doing production or Natalie singing, um, and then, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of took a little break after that last album, and then, uh, yeah, got into making beats. Long story, because I was, I used to make beats, I and I, I kind of, kind of hit a ceiling, but then, yeah, recently I got back into it, and I guess I'm better at it now. <laughs> Thanks for uh, explaining that, Max. Um, you know, we're gonna jump around a little bit as we iron out the. Um you know, all your musical history, but I read that um, you're a fan of Mad Villain and that was sort of the impetus for you to start making beats. And then as a result, you worked with like Project Blow Luminaries and cats like of Mexican descent. Can you let us know a little bit about that history? Yeah, it's, a, it's really unique. I liked Mad Villainy. I'm the only one that really got into Mad Villainy and wanted to make beats afterwards. So that really, no, <laughs> Every, I mean, that record has spawned like every <laughs> every great producer uh, currently, pretty much um, of a certain age. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just like uh, that. I, I mean, I'd been into hip hop before that, but it was more of a casual thing. But that's one of those things where it's just like, man, this sound has like some kind of magic in it. I don't understand. I want to, it just like gives me this pleasure I need to be able to figure out, first of all, I want to listen to it thousands of times, but then I want to figure out if I can do that. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of, I, I, that was like my first goal, like to see if I could just copy the sound of like Mad Lib, Dilla, Doom, like uh, they were just, you know, Holy Trinity for me. 
Um, and, um, and my other cousin, Ben, Seji's brother, we started a duo um, shortly after that. Like we both discovered it at the same time and like we're into it. And that's when Is I kind of learned- child that. actor as well? No, just no, kidding. thank God. <laughs> that would be pathological. Um, no, that was called uh, Ghost Notes. I'm reluctant to even mention that because there might be some embarrassing stuff out there, but there's some stuff that's okay and pretty good too. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the, and the tie-ins with the Project Load stuff are also overlapping with um, my friend Chesky. It's weird to even call him my friend. We're basically family. Like we've been, you know, doing music together forever. Him and his brother and me, we're, we also have like a band, the three of us, that occasionally is called Anonymous Inc. Um, but sort of in that era, um, yeah, I mean, just, just doing shows with Chesky and different projects, I ended up meeting a bunch of guys like, you know, Tumex, Cholo Lancinco, and, uh, and we had this kind of pretty short-lived but great band called Toka. That was the three of us, plus uh, some more musicians. And, um, and Cholo Lancinco was, was also kind of like the co front man or something and um and all kinds of you know we had bus driver Micah Nine, AC Alone like all sorts of people involved and so like that that was actually my first scene that I wanted to be a part of I just loved what was going on there um and so like I think my first era of making beats I was really west coast focused but um recently I've kind of obviously been kind of more on the east coast but not not exclusively but like that's been more interesting to me lately yeah that's that's really cool man we're interested uh in all that stuff as well and it, this is more of a comment and we don't have to totally get into it but uh your trajectory really reminds me of someone we talked to a little bit earlier this year adam from real bad man who was also in an indie band called pollen and then started making beats and seems to have kind of a similar philosophy i don't know if you guys know each other or ever oh, no. each other um he's also la based and started like as being like a fan in those circles it's just there's a lot of interesting resonances between mm -hmm. you guys two tales and maybe you should know each other um so anyway work on that <laughs> on that um yeah i wanted to shift the timeline forward a little bit and ask you how you first came across like you know billy woods etc we that kind of whole group of amazing mc producers we call them the vanguard because we don't have any other way to categorize it um with you just you seem to have a knack for connecting with these people who make this really interesting arty uh thoughtful um hip-hop like it, is this all from sending packs and online networking like how did you get in with this like kind of world of these mcs who are really pushing things forward at the moment yeah i mean it, it depends on your perspective like i i do feel really really lucky just for circumstance kind of definitely definitely luck played a role but at the same time i've been doing this for such a long time that you know, I, I was due for a little bit of luck, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, again, it comes back to Chesky, because um, I was on tour with Chesky. Um, and it was a couple different tours. It was also part of, I had just uh, been doing this job that was just killing me creatively of, of uh, doing music for ads and sync stuff. And it was really like past the point where I was feeling at all cool about it. And it was just like, man, this is really just making me not do interesting things anymore. And I was really ready to just like turn around and do the opposite. Um, and so on this one 
uh, Europe tour, I met uh, Serengeti and we kind of bonded on that because he had been dabbling that a little bit too. And we made this weird little EP kind of based on some outtakes from ads that I had done, which is why that sounds like way different from everything else I've made. <laughs> um, uh, and then on another tour, 2019, I guess, maybe early, I don't even remember the timeline, but somewhere around there, I met Woods because um, we did like six or seven shows with him. And I mean, I've done enough shows where I, I'm, I've reached the point where I can be a little jaded on the openers sometimes, I hate to admit it. I mean, I come out and support, but I'm like not really ready to have my mind blown. Uh, but when I first heard Woods, I would, I gotta say like, wait, I gotta pay attention to this. This is something like really special. I've not heard writing like this. And I got to hear like night after night and like, it's like, no, this is like, I gotta, I gotta get involved somehow. And um, we also had this one like six hour car ride where he told me some insane stories that you're not the kind of stories you would tell someone you barely know. And it's like, we, I think we should, we better keep knowing each other after this. Um, and so, uh, and, and I did the craziest thing, which is like uh, at the end of the tour, I had, by the way, I hadn't made a hip hop beat, like a straight up hip hop beat in like 10 years at this point. Um, and, at the end of the tour, I was just like, hey, can I send you something? And like, I feel like, you know, it would be fun to work with you. And um, he gave him his email and I went home and I made one beat and I sent him that one beat and producers out there know how ridiculous that is. Um, and he used the one beat I sent him. He was like, the, the record's done, but you know, I'm gonna add this song in. Like, and I, I feel like either that was like, I know he's not gonna use a beat that he doesn't like, but it's like, he didn't have to do that. So I took it, whether he meant it or not, as like, all right, I'm gonna give you this little opportunity. Let's see what you do with it. Um, and so, yeah, ever since then, I felt that like, that was just like instant gratification because it just uh, came out right after we did it too. So it that's amazing. Me. Is that Shepard's tone from Terror Management? Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, awesome. and uh, and so that just led to like, and then I just, you know, and then I sent him like three beats, uh, and then I sent him like five, and I think at least one of those, I think one of those next three was like the was charms for Arm and Hammer, which is kind of crazy when you think back on that, um, and then some stuff with brass, and then yeah, by the time for a while it was just like only Woods and Elucid, but kind of reached a point where I, I was able to to branch out and work with a lot more people too but like yeah it was really weird to be like actually I'm only working with legendary incredible yeah. like I, just, I feel like I just kind of had I was able to have that even though I know I didn't but I had probably had that effect of materializing out of nowhere which was fun that that's awesome thanks for for sharing that with us I, I wanted to ask you a question about some of the production that you did on uh, Elucid's I told Bessie when we when we talked to Elucid um, he was very adamant that he was a little miffed that his music is not considered psychedelic so I, I wanted to pose this to you um, thinking specifically about the the work that you did on that album do you consider your music psychedelic at all well it's probably just a question of semantics I mean like actually I mean, I hadn't really, I mean, he should be happy because I hadn't seen the word used much to describe hip hop until people started saying about Arm & Hammer. So I feel like 
they're the psychedelic hip hop par excellence, in my opinion. Um, so sure, it's psychedelic, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, isn't the original connotation it's like drug related? I mean, I don't, I don't really do any drugs or anything. So, but um, it's uh, it it definitely maybe it has that effect on people. I definitely want it to. I, I don't say I want it to be disorienting, but I do want it to make you feel like you know, it's not just a familiar experience, like, like you're mm. entering kind of a new, uh, and maybe a new, whether a new conception of time, I think that's, that's probably the thing I like to do the most, like the pockets are, are pretty unusual. Um, but also like, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of uncertain, uh, I don't know, musically as well, like in the harmonic space. Uh, thank you for uh, explaining that. Um, you know, we've been mentioning um, Armin Hammer, Billy Woods, uh, Serengeti, and um, you produced a track on our boy Open Mike Eagle's new album, uh, I Retired Then I Changed My Mind. Um, even without drums, there's a lot going on on that. Can you just let us know the, uh, the process for how that came about and how did you meet Mike and all that as well? Sorry, you mean, which track did you say that the retired and changed my mind? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh bizarrely I th mike and i go back a, a really long time he's probably the maybe if he's not the first he's like one of the first two or three people i ever made a song with uh or ever made a, a rap song with um because i used to have this summer job uh yeah, I think it's okay now I can say this, where I worked at a radio station and in the morning it was like a big rush. I had to do like stuff for the news and everything. But then like, as soon as the morning show ended, it was like a lull for the rest of the day. And that was back when MySpace was big. And uh, so I would just spend my afternoons just like, you know, cold hitting people up on MySpace that had an appealing top eight. And Mike's was like, AC alone, I don't know, Micah, whatever, like, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got some things in common. And, um, and he was one of the few people that was like, yeah, send me some beats. And we did a song and I don't think it's too embarrassing, but I don't know if we'll ever release it. Um, but it was, it definitely was like, you know, this one-off thing. It, it wasn't like, okay, let's build. Like, you know, he went on to have his career and I, I floated around for a while. Um, but then we reconnected because of uh, Fake Four, where we both became label mates. And then, like, we were, then we kept seeing each other at doing shows together and being like, hey, well, yeah, we got to do something together. But at the time, it just didn't, I didn't really envision how we could really work together at that point. But then, like, um, I don't know, maybe a little after the, like, the Arm and Hammer and Brass stuff, I was like, you know what, I'm making beats now. I should reach out to Mike. Um, and I sent him some, or I actually just hit him up. and was like, hey, can I send you some? I really didn't even expect to get a response because I'm sure people send him beats constantly, but it must have been the right time. He's like, yeah, you know, I'd like that. Um, and uh, it's actually crazy thinking back to it because I remember him, the first pack I sent him, him saying like, yo, I really, I'm really feeling these, but, um, you know, I think my voice just doesn't really sound right on samples usually. So like, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but then that ended up kind of becoming, you know, samples all over that record. And, and like, uh, I'm glad he became comfortable with it again, because I think it sounds, he sounds awesome on that kind of production. Um, 
so um yeah that that particular song retired and changed my mind um that was uh i don't know i don't know what to say about it it's just a, one of the one of the many beats i made but um i will say that uh it has a really <laughs> I, you can hear him at the end saying how like that took a minute or something like and and I remember thinking like, yeah, you know, because the form of that beat, like if you listen to it, it doesn't loop when you think it will. It keeps extending into these little interludes and stuff. And he really wrote around those so surgically. Um, but also when I first heard that demo, I was just like blown away by how personal and and like he's saying some some shit I'd never, you know, expected him to say on a, on a track like that. Yeah, that's uh we were kind of blown away when we first heard it too. And it's, um, it's just a real like sign of the times that um, I think people are feeling more free to express themselves. And um, in particular, Mike has both the podcasts and the music to get this stuff out. And I listen intensively to both of his. So it's interesting to hear the way that the things line up and uh, for you to provide that canvas is interesting. I also find it very interesting that Mike is both a Project Bloodian and a part of this new thing. So that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, he's in a unique spot for yeah, sure. Yeah, not that many people kind of, you know, I wouldn't even call it a graduating, but uh, live in both worlds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he's just... like a linchpin, which is, which is the same thing I would say about Woods. Like both of those guys can tie together a lot of different uh, aesthetics and scenes, like yeah. one artistic uh, persona. Totally. I'm, uh, I'm interested in your workflow. Are you like a one beat a day guy? Or are you a 30 beats a day guy? Or are you a no beats a day often guy? Like, how, what's, what is it? What, what's your process like? If as much as you can share about it? That's a good question. Um, because uh, I've been in my head about this at all different times in my life. Um, and like, you know, if you're on social media, you'll hear someone be like, I just made 27 beats or like, you'll hear like, getting back to Mad Lib, like, allegedly he's making like 200 beats a week or something. And it's just like, um, I will say that it's great to hear that stuff in one sense. Like, first of all, it makes you feel like, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. But, but if I didn't believe that that was possible, I think I would make music really differently. Like I used to be really slow about it, but just knowing that it's possible to make that many beats is like, it, it just makes you can, you can do it. I mean, I don't usually make more than like five in a day because I don't spend all day making beats normally. Um, Cause I really do feel like I give a lot in a short period of time to them. Like I, I love making beats because it's so just like fully captures my intuition and it just, I, I don't plan them so much. I'm just, it's just like a real, it's that thing where you could, I mean, cause I've done so many kinds of music. It's just, that's the thing I keep coming back to because of that rush. Just like, it feels like it's using all my faculties at once. Um, so, I mean, I'll be happy if I make one beat, but sometimes I'll make five. I really, I really uh, used to feel like, you know, I'll just make as many beats as I can. And then whoever wants to use them, great. But Lately, I've been thinking like, I really want to make each one special. I don't, I don't want someone to use one just because they ended up liking it if it's not going to really represent me the way I want it to be like, mm. um, and, and, and have something unique in there. So, um, yeah, so I have that on my mind. But, but yeah, I'd like, I like to make a couple in a sitting. If I'm really on fire, I'll go, go for more. But, but yeah, I'm not trying to like, I, if, I'm making, if I'm making like 15 beats a day, I'm almost gonna feel like, at least for the way I work, gonna have some self-examination. Like, am I really, 
you know, putting the specialness into this that I need to. I don't know. Mm. I also can't do that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I can, but the way I make them is kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really study a lot of other beat makers actually, but I mean, the way I make them is nothing's on a grid. So I oh, can't wow. do that. Okay. I can't just like loop it. Okay. I'm, I made the loop. I'm going to loop. I mean, I can do that, but I don't, um, I, I will learn how to play it because I'm a pianist. And so I will learn how to, you know, I'll set them all up on the keys, all the samples, and I'll play the beat all the way through. Um, and all my, usually my favorite beats, about 90% of them, I'm playing everything all in one take and I'm not doing another layer, like drums or whatever, all at the same time. Um, and so like, you'll hear a lot of imperfections um, or just, I don't even really want to call them imperfections. It's like, what gives it a unique timing and groove is like, I can be, that's the way I can put my, my own musical timing into it as a musician. You touched on this a little bit earlier when you were talking about, um, working with Elucid and things like that. And usually this is the part where we ask a gear question, but I'm not going to do that. I actually want to ask you more, like, what are you getting out of this? Like, does it, like, does it suit you philosophically, musically? Does it like scratch the same itch playing in a band did? Like, why do you make beats is essentially what I want to ask you. yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, it just it's come down comes down to the fact that it's just like really fun and it feels really good. Um, I uh, yeah, it's it's funny because um, I actually went to school for uh, experimental composition, and I've studied jazz pretty extensively too. Um, and it's just like. And I've, I don't know, right, right now, at least I feel like what's happening in the past few years is just a really exciting time to be a part of. I mean, it, it's just, it's not really, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on anything, but like, <laughs> it, I, I feel kind of like I dipped out at around 2010-ish for a reason. I don't know if my, my personal affinities weren't quite being satisfied for whatever reason, but um, kind of when I checked back in, it was just like, I really like, I, f- I feel like something new and exciting is going on. Um, and it really is, uh, yeah, it, it just ended up being a thing where I feel like I have something to say, I guess. Um, and people seem to like what I'm doing and it's just reached this, this, uh, stage where it's just really rewarding for me to do in pretty much every way. It's like, it's, it's, it's really easy in terms of um, there's not a lot of uh, setup or work that goes into it before I can just get down to like the good part, like creating pretty much everything else I've done. Like if you're in a band, you gotta be rehearsing for a while. You have to like sit down and compose and write the lyrics and then like, and the recording process, oh man, just layer by layer. It just is, you lose that, that instant gratification feeling, but making a beat is just like, you just feel like you plug directly into the creative mainline and it just, yes, it just feels so good. That's so cool, man. Um, And we are fans of what you're doing and um, wish you nothing but continued success. And um, just, we were, we had a, we recorded what we call the banter um, for a different episode yesterday. And we were talking about this of how we decide who we're going to become fans of as producers. It's a little different than rappers. We're all word centric people. So that comes easily to us, but something that I wanted to ask you 
based on that is like, do you have any plans to release a child actor instrumental project or something where you do all like get guests over all your things or like as you, the producer, as the artist or curator kind of thing so that people can settle into more of a fandom of your work. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. I think, uh, well, first off, I have a couple completed uh, albums with individual rappers, um, which I think is, I mean, one one is currently almost impossible to hear because it's Ajay 2, Serengeti, and oh, right. he's made it right. vinyl only, and right. it's only 200. Yep, I hope I there'll be it. another pressing of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, as far as um, that, the idea of an instrumental thing or one of those things where you get a bunch of rappers on it, um, I've, I'm on the fence about that. Um, first of all, the instrumental thing is something that I feel like certain people have a real special talent for. Um, and I'm not sure if that's, the, like when I make the beats, they're not, they, I, I do feel like they have a purpose. Um, so actually, okay, the best answer to that is, um, I have talked about like, I, I might do it as a collaboration I can't really release this, but there's another producer I'm talking about with doing this with this like, you know, we have, cause we have some beats that we feel like have some things in common. So we might do it as a shared thing, but there is going to be a child actor album with Natalie that we've been working on. Um, and there'll be some guests on that too. So I feel, I feel like that will be, cause the idea of just, just, just doing beats and having a bunch of rappers on, it could be cool. Um, I don't feel like that is the ultimate expression of, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's going to be, here's how you get to know child actor necessarily. Like you hear a bunch of my beats in there, but, but I feel like you'll get to hear something really special when you hear what Natalia has been doing, because um, she'll, she'll basically, I'm, I kind of let her steer the ship as far as um, what becomes songs. Uh, she likes like about one out of every like 30 beats I make, she'll be like, yeah, I feel like I could do something on this. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, all I can say is the songs we've been doing, I haven't really heard anything quite like them and, it, and it's exciting for me. Um, so I think it's going to be something, yeah, pretty special. That's awesome, man. Uh, just thank you for, for spending some time with us, uh, illuminating on, uh, who child actor is and isn't and uh all i hope it's clear by now somewhat <laughs> uh we're gonna do a, an actual chart after you leave so that we make sure okay. we understand um, yeah we should we yeah. Should do a whole bonus episode just on that just unraveling the mysteries <laughs> the mysteries of child actor uh <laughs> thanks so much mac for coming on man we appreciate you hey thank you guys this is thanks fun. for your time thanks again man appreciate it you will all right all right, uh, we'll tag you in a bunch of stuff when we drop this. It might be in a couple of weeks. We're figuring out the rest of the year's calendar. But um, yeah, Ben, really appreciate your thoughts. And uh, we didn't get around to it, but I saw you have a remix with uh, Tommy, Controller 7. That's fucking awesome. We love yeah. him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a from good our, friend of ours. So. Yeah, he's a good friend of ours. And um, oh, Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. And yeah, um, I wasn't sure what you considered the stuff you did with Televangel. Uh, based on my last question, but you know, I'm aware of it, but I just wanted to see, we're just, I'm trying to tie it into this thing we're talking about of like, do you have, does the producer have to have an instrumental thing or a thing to their name to be like the artist themselves? You know what I mean? That's true. That's, that's a weird situation though, because 
I was, he was producing that and I was singing on that. And that was a new thing. And I, I had to sing on that because uh, Natalia had just been in this bike accident and she oh, couldn't, no. she actually literally couldn't sing. So that's why she only sang oh. on like a couple. Whoa. So I had to, so that's, that's the kind of project where people will listen to that and be like, who the fuck is child actor? What is this? <laughs> like this doesn't sound, there's no literally consistency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Literally what I said. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I feel sorry for some people who are just like trying to understand what's going on. <laughs> Maybe this will help. We'll give them a roadmap. We'll see. But yeah, Man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a thrill for me because I listen to you guys every. Whenever there's a, a guest that I I I know and love, it's a not to be missed. That's oh, very nice. Like you're not gonna leave your community behind, and you're not gonna stop helping and nurturing and healing. That every time we stabilize, they build upon that stability and enforce another form of theft. They've made the star unsafe. Trauma, time theft, loss. In this age, primitive. For productivity to a state that you find horrific. Though your mind is somewhere else. All right, that was our interview with Max from Child Actor. Uh, nice guy, huh, Dave? Super nice, and it's it's really cool because I feel like you know he's a little bit mysterious. I mean, there there was some ambiguity between whether he is a solo artist or he is part of a band, and also the band itself has taken has taken different manifestations through the years as well. So it's really cool to hear that, and I mean, just in general, I mean, a fan of his work, so it was cool to get him on board. Absolutely, um, you know, it's funny um we we talked about this in a couple different interviews lately and like I think I think that mystique is valuable but like you and I as I don't know journalists or whatever you want to call (laughs) us like you're a real journalist I'm just some guy with a microphone um we are in the uh veil lifting industry right like it's like oh yeah you've built up all this mystique for 10 years come ruin it on my podcast (laughs) tell us exactly who you are what your intentions are what gear you use you know what I mean it's like there's something a little weird about that but also like I think people want to be known in like right, right. the general sense of it and like we offer people what i hope is a constructive and uh somewhat um you know we offer a soft landing place for artists we're already interested in we're not here grilling people about their snares or whatever so totally totally but you know i think it, it comes from a genuine place too it's not like here run a platform take your mask off you right. know it's more like that's the first thing i want to know as a music listener i'm immediately curious you know what totally I mean? so and uh, you know to that, have them here and that, uh, that yeah that curiosity that we talk about a lot does come from like a very genuine place totally, of like totally. former liner note readers you know what i mean and now exactly liner note writers it's like yes sir um we i it, it it improves the enjoyment of the music to know more about it and i realize that's not everyone's deal and we're you know like always looking for people who are like that so if you're like that tell a friend um, but Max was really, really cool, very down to earth, very open to answering our questions. And I, I have to say, um, his he, there's a je ne sais quoi with his beats. Like there's something a little bit more to them. Like it's like, oh yeah, the first beat I ever made became this song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally, like, totally. 
And to hear him sort of reminisce about, you know, how he met Mike, Open Mike Eagle, shout out Stony Island. And also, you know, um, him watching um, Billy Woods rap every night as, as an opening act and how that sort of um, impacted him was just great. And um, I, I don't think we, I feel like we would have reacted the same way, like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, totally. sort of before the world got a hold of Woods. And um, yeah, I mean, he, that story he told about how one of his first, first beats that he gave to Woods ended up being on the album, which is like such a dream come true. And his, his genuine happiness for that coming together really, um, really uh, emerged through the interview. Totally. And as our like resident indie rocker, I need to go back and listen to some more of their like band stuff. And mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'll be thinking about that as we like put these episodes together. Like how does one relate to the other? Where does it come from? It's all kind of the same gear. It's just what you do with it. You know what I mean? It's totally, like, totally. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Max was awesome. He's, he's, he's working with like the people and that, that mm -hmm. to me is like, besides, I think, liking some of the beats a lot and being like who who produced this one this one's really good and that keeping keep it keeps happening and it keeps being child actor you know what i mean mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. spelled without the o which i'm like i we didn't get a chance to ask him about that but i'm like what, what is, it's so mysterious totally um, so mysterious. but that's just the way of the weird credits uh version of the world but anyway um really really appreciate him coming down and of harvest I'm carrying Iscariots litter the valley Fear not in the shadow Peppermint and aloe Poured upon the crown still shining South Jamaica, Queens, Strong Island JFK, Sonic Boom All the places I've been I've been spelling Just got to heaven and I can't sit down Just got to heaven and I can't sit down I just got to heaven and I can't sit down.